going to start with uh, the scripture, John chapter 14, verse 27. John 4, uh, chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives uh, do I give to you. Now, the peace of God is not circumstance-based. It's not sight-based. It's not uh, situation-based. The peace of God, Jesus says, is in the heart. That's why he said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God is, is really is from the heart. And the heart can have peace even in the most chaotic and confusing time. In fact, it is in the peace and in the rest of God that you're going to see amazing opportunity. When the whole world is scared, but you have the peace of God, you're going to see amazing strategic opportunities like you've never seen before. I'll get more to it later on. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. I don't know if I have time to get to that today, this portion, but let's read it first, and then we see how it goes. Uh, we can't finish it, I'll finish it tonight. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Amen. Three people believe it. You are the light of the world. Amen. It doesn't matter uh, what circumstances. In fact, in the darker moments of, of situation like what we have, your light is more needed. The world needs your light. And you know, unfortunately, most of the time, people can't tell the difference between Christian and non-Christian because they act as scared and confused as ever. Today is the day, this is the time that you can shine your faith because you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, verse 15. Nor do people like the lamb and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is probably one of the scariest moments to many people in this world today. There is an amazing or irrational fear that had gripped people all over the world. And this irrational fear had driven and caused irrational behavior. Have you been to a grocery store lately? Yes. I mean, people think that they need a lot of toilet papers. Are you serious? <laughs> this behavior is completely irrational. Why? Because of fear. Fear can drive you crazy. And many people don't even notice that they've gone crazy and they've gone shopping. You know, the other day I was listening to uh, this talk show, you know, on 640 News, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes listen to talk shows, right? And uh, I know I should be spending more time on the Word, but sometimes it's very entertaining listening to a talk show. And so they were talking about running out of toilet paper. So they invited the manufacturer, the owner of the manufacturing company who, who, who is the largest toilet paper manufacturer in this country. Now, they are importing different things from other parts of the world, but you know, the, you know, can you believe that Canada, we, we create our own toilet paper, glory to God. You ought to rejoice, hallelujah. I mean, as well, we have all the trees in the world, right? So anyways, they invite this, 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 this manufacturer of the largest, the, the largest uh, toilet paper manufacturers online, and they want to ask him a question. Are we running out of toilet papers? Because people think we're running out of toilet paper. They just go and grab it like gold, you know. 
So they, you know, so they, they asked, and, and, and this fellow basically said, no, 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 we have a lot of toilet papers. We got lots of toilet paper. We're having double shift. We're printing, out, not printing, we're manufacturing toilet papers day and night. There are plenty of toilet papers. But he said, you can keep buying them. That's okay. We don't care. Just keep buying them, you know. They're making tons of money off the fear of people. Even in the Christian community, people are scared. You know, I understand that we want to be cooperative. And I appreciate that, you know, a lot of people today are staying at home. I don't want you to feel judged or condemned. I love you. You guys are doing amazing. I'm so glad you're part of this house and you're watching it and you're being part of it. You are an amazing champion of God. And, and I pray that God will give you faith and favor and protection, right? But, you know, but many people are, 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 stay, are, are, are living in fear, even Christians and Christian leaders. Every single time when this kind of things happen, you know, the worldwide pandemic or, or, or tsunami or whatever, you will see Christians in different parts of the body of Christ started talking about end times, the apocalypse, you know. And I even heard somebody was mentioning that this is the one of the four horsemen's revelations talk about because they say that you know the four the four horsemen you know um, it's uh, it's one of them is 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 armed with pestilence and he is going to take out a quarter of the population of this earth. Are you serious? I mean, if you want to talk about the four horsemen, I think the the 13th or 14th century bubonic plague is probably closer to that, right? The Black Death. That killed 200 million people. That's a quarter million, quarter of the population of the world at the time. But even Christians are perpetuating fear in the guise of talking about end times. I want to encourage you, folks, do not give into fear. And if you're watching today, I want to encourage you not to give into fear. This is my goal. I pray that at the end of our conversation tonight, to tonight, to this morning, I'm thinking about tonight too, and come tonight, and at the end of our conversation this morning, that faith will arise in your soul, and you'll be full of faith, and that there will be not a hint of fear in your life. I'm not talking about stupidity. There are people that are being stupid. Don't do that. Be wise. Don't try to spread, you know, viruses, whatever. But be wise and, and be cooperative. But as far as living a Christian life is concerned, do not live in fear. Do what you can to prevent spreading, community uh, spread or whatever. Just to prevent, do what you can. Listen to the you know, Toronto Health uh, uh, Authority or whatever. And we do that too as a church. We keep, keep tap of it. But you know, never to live in fear. Now how do we stay away from fear? How do we prevent fear to triumph? Because as you will learn either later on or tonight, that if you do not have fear, this is an amazing opportunity for amazing uh, progress in your personal life. Times like that is awesome. Because when the whole world is in fear, there's an amazing opportunity for those of us who live by faith. And you'll learn tonight is that every single triumph and breakthroughs in the history of the church, in fact, the history of the, the, the Jewish nation is that it came with tremendous chaos. 
But it's the people of God that is protected under the blood that's the amazing breakthrough and victories. But first, you've got to stay away from fear. Fear is very subtle. It comes in very subtly, sometimes in the guise of wisdom, you know. I just want to be wise. Be wise. But don't fool yourself and allow that, that guise of that, that fear comes in as a guise of being wise. How do you stay away from fear? Well, you want to stay away from the voices of fear. Do you know that the devil talks to you? And all the demons in hell, they talk to you. And what they say is the voices of fear. Stay away from that constant bombardment of bad news. Stay informed. Be informed. Don't be silly. Be informed. But don't keep looking in the news because you're going to start entertaining the fear they're perpetuating. Go to the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to faith teachings. The more the better. Feed your soul with great faith. And you're doing that right now. You're watching or you're sitting here. You're feeding your soul with great faith. And that faith will drive out the voices of fear. Be in a community, watch this, of strong believers. You know, this outbreak is causing a lot of isolation. You know, psychologists are warning that there will be unintended consequences, psychological consequences in our society at large, is that a lot of people are going to go under depression because of that. Now, the second thing I want to say is this. How you, you, you and I need to know that we are protected. You are already protected. I don't even know if you realize that. When we took communion just now, it was just a reminder that you and I are protected by the blood of Jesus. The word of God says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapons. I don't care whether it's a plague or it's a bad words. You know, every word that rises against you shall fall and will not prosper, shall fall. There's no, nothing will befall you. No sickness will come into your tent. There is nothing that can touch you unless you open the door in your soul to allow fear to come in. When you open a door to let fear come in, fear will reign your life and rule your life. And out of that fear, disease will come through. I want to encourage you, do not allow fear. Always stay in faith. Stay in faith, constantly in faith. And you are protected by the blood of Jesus. You know, we talk about it just now. In the Old Testament, you know, when the people are out of the will of God, they are out of the will of God, and, uh, you know, even after they had communion, they out of the will of God, they were unfallen under the plague because they were outside the protection of God. But the good news is in the New Testament, we are told that whatever the curses were because of the law, we have been redeemed from it. Paul the Apostle said that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. What are the curses of the law? Plagues is one of them. Pestilence, you know, one of them. Sickness, disease, basically the same thing, right? They are just, they are part of the curse of the law. Poverty, all the rest. You and I, we are redeemed. You see, you know, some people say, oh, we heard that before, but you need to hear this again so that your faith can arise. Nothing can touch you. Nothing, nothing, nothing can touch you in Jesus' name. You need to believe that. I want to pray that God will convince you by the time you leave this place is that nothing can touch you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, 
There are two types of believers. One is to the ones that believe in the devil and the ones that believe in God. They all faith. Now when you believe in the devil, you're basically the ones that are walking in fear. Fear is a form of faith. Whether you like it or not, when you are fearful of something, you're actually believing about something. So if I'm fearful of sickness, I'm actually believing that I can get sickness. Right? When I'm fearful, I believe that the devil is more powerful than God. I believe in the devil's work than the word of God. I believe that the devil can overcome what Jesus had accomplished on the cross. That's fear. But fear is a form of faith. So people who live in fear are the one that believes in the devil more than they believe in the word of God. Are you here this morning? And then there are those that believe in the word of God. They have faith. How do we get rid of fear? Well, we talk about it. Don't be in isolation. Don't give the devil any opportunity. Second is that you and I need to learn in this season, in this hour, how to practice love. Because the Word of God says that perfect love casts out all fear. I'm going to tell you a story, an amazing story of revival, of a person who did not allow fear to govern him, but he laid his life down to the point of risking his own life to love on people. And in that moment, during that time of chaos, become the leader of one of the mightiest moves of God in the history of the church. This fellow was a Canadian. His name was John G. Lake. John G. Lake, he was a part of a Dowdy movement. And then after that, you know, he decided him and his wife went to South Africa. And they say that it is John G. Lake that brought the Pentecostal movement to South Africa, on Africa continent as a whole. And so when John G. Lake and his wife arrived in South Africa, there was a plague going on. For most of the people, they will be heading to the hill, take off, take the plane, a boat, go back to America. In fact, the plague was so bad that they didn't have enough people to bury the body. There were corpses piling up everywhere. That was an awful sight to see. For, for people, generally speaking, it, they have, it is understandable, quite reasonable, to be afraid and scared and trying to run away from, from, from this, this, this scene, this situation. Because, you know, the plague was so potent that if you touch anyone with that sickness, that's bubonic, right? Touch anyone with sickness, you will die. But you know, out of the compassion of God in his heart, he decided to help out in getting rid of all the bodies, help to basically bury the bodies. And it is out of his compassion for the people there because, you know, if you lose somebody in your home, you, you need some closure. You don't, you don't want that person you love to having his body lying around somewhere, piling up in some corpse with some other corpses. And so he decided to help, you know, help out and get involved. He did not allow fear to stop him. He allowed love to conquer. And so he got involved. 
And so without even any protection, he started to move the bodies. So a doctor saw him. The doctor was really mad. He said, what is wrong with you? You're going to die. And that's when his face started to rise. And he said, those germs, those virus, they actually would die when they come in contact with my body. He literally believed in the word of God. Now, I'm not telling you to go and get COVID-19 on your body. This is not what I'm preaching. But I'm showing you how love can conquer fear and cause faith to explode. And so he said to the doctor, you know, you can actually put a microscope and see what happened when the disease come on my body. And sure enough, they did that. And what happened, the story goes, is that the, the, the doctors, the scientists, whatever, literally saw those diseases, those viruses dried up and died on his hands. That's an amazing testimony. That is your portion. That is your inheritance. This belongs to you. Not only John G. Lake, but those who believe. You have the power. You have the power to defeat darkness. It's not your power. It's the power of God to defeat darkness. Well, needless to say, that was a pivot moment in the history of Africa and the history of John G. Lake himself. Out of that ashes of many corpses and many deaths, God raised up a movement, raised up a person called John G. Lake, and raised up a Pentecostal movement in Africa. And today they're still talking about him. His ministry is still going on, and that he has his, another ministry called the Healing Rooms. There's all over the world, thousands of healing rooms all around the world because of this person. What happened? He decided to take a step of faith to walk in love. Walking in love drove fear out of him and brought miracle to his life, and not only to his life, to the many tens of thousands, if not millions of people around the world. You and I have the same heritage. Three people believe it. You are sitting there thinking to yourself, is he talking about some good story? I'm not telling a story. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about this thing is not just an imagination. This thing is real. Your faith is real. Your faith in God is real. Your faith in God can defeat any diseases out there. Do not let diseases to cause fear in your life. Allow God to cause, use love to cause your love, the faith to arise. And in that moment, you will see the amazing opportunities that God is going to present to you. Out of love, he buried the dead. Faith arose, and God used him mightily. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, I'll read again just to remind you. Can you turn to 14? Thank you. You are the light of the world. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say to the, your neighbor, you are the light of the world. You are. And if you're at home, turn to your wife, turn to your husband, turn to your friends, your children. You got to say it to them. You are the light of the world. And I want you to say this to yourself too. I am the light of the world. You know, have you ever tried to lit a light during broad daylight like this? Have you tried it? Because it's actually pretty useless. Try to shine a light. 
you know, trying to, trying to have some kind of, some kind of light, you know, in broad daylight like that is absolutely useless. It makes zero difference. The light, that, a city that is set on a hill is noticeable when there is darkness. Light, your light is actually quite useless when everything is well. It is only useful when around you the world becomes darker and darker and darker. Verse 15. Nor do people, actually let's finish 14, I didn't finish 14. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people, verse 15, Light a lamb and put it under a basket, but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I am so proud that a group of people from this church yesterday went down to Salvation Army to feed the hungry. I was hearing, you know, I was hearing a few people telling me that most of the people who volunteered down there, they were in panic mode. They were so fearful. But a lot of our guys from our church, because they had know the truth, they were ministering and blessing people. They have such a good attitude and a good heart. And I thank God for the light that was shining downtown Toronto because a few people in this church decided, let's go down there and shine the light of God. They are moved with compassion, moved with love to decide to shine the light. It is this kind of compassion. It is this kind of love that drove fear out. It is this kind of compassion. And it is this kind of love that's going to bring miracles in your life. Do you know... That over the history of humanity, God had always, chose, had always chosen a group of people to be separated, to be different. They were always quite distinct. If you look at the people of Israel, they were always very different because God always wanted to separate them. That's called sanctification, right? Being separated. To be holy. Holy means being uncommon, not like the world. The opposite of holy is common. Holiness is separation, uncommon. That's literally what holy, I am holy. I'm, separate. I'm not common with you people. I'm holy. And be uncommon as I am common. I, I, I'm uncommon. So every generation, God separate a group of people to be uncommon to the rest of the world. In these days, God supposedly have separated the people called believers to be apart from the world, to be uncommon from the world. But if you have been looking around lately, you cannot tell the difference between Christians and non-Christians. I'm not trying to judge us. Please forgive me if you feel judged. This is not the purpose. This is the time for you to show the world you are different. I'm not asking you to be stupid, to get yourself involved in things that you shouldn't be, and be wise in all that you need to do, and protect yourself or whatever. But at the end of the day, your way of manifesting the uncommonness or the holiness of God is to live in faith and not in fear. Can I hear an amen? Come on, praise the Lord. 
If there's a time to show that you are uncommon, it's right now. If there's a time to show that you are holy, it's right now. It's not being religious holy. It means nothing. True holiness is to be uncommon from the world. Not only, you know, you don't want to indulge in the vices or whatever of the world, but most importantly, you're walking in power, in faith, in miracles, in the manifested glory of God. That's what happened to the people of Israel. It's the glory of God was with them all the time. They were not sick. And I was just reading numbers, you know, even the first battle when they went out and battled, and the battle of the locals, you know, the first battle they went out, they came back. None of them, the Bible says, they accounted for all the army, 12,000 that had gone out. None of them were killed. They all came back alive. Wow. When was the last time you heard an army that have zero casualty? That's a miracle. That's uncommon. You and I are living in the same heritage. You were called to be holy, to be uncommon. How? Acting weird? No. Living in victory, manifesting the goodness of God, manifesting the power of God. That is your heritage. A lot of people today, you can't tell the difference. They're just name only. When they, when they get problems, they're heading to the hill. They just run for the hill. They just, they just run like everybody else. If you and I can stay in faith, then you will find yourself able to, watch this, stay in rest. When you are able to stay in rest, and we're all about dress. I wrote a book about rest, right? So go get a book <laughs> on that rest. I know, I know all you have already. But if you can stay in rest, God is going to open up your eyes to see things that otherwise, you otherwise would not be, seen, be able to see. The Word of God says if your eyes are single, which is very clear, you'll be full of light. You'll be able to see things clearly. But if, if your eyes is double, even what is dark has become darker inside. It's full of darkness. What that means is confusion. If you allow fear to overtake you, you're going to live in confusion inside you. It's going to be full of darkness. You will not see things clearly. And the only way you're going to see things clearly, I'm going to talk about it, the major reset. This is a time of reset. There are businesses going to disappear. There are churches going to disappear when we come out of this. But new businesses are going to come, rise up. There are names that you don't even hear of today, haven't even existed yet. In five years, it will be a household name. I'm talking about products. There are ministries that you haven't heard of today. You will hear them five years from now. They will be worldwide phenomena because something is happening in the spirit and the devil is reacting to it. But the people who live in fear, they can't see it. They're reacting like the rest of the world. This is a reset. I want you to know this is your hour. This is your time. This is great opportunity for you. Some of you have been wanting to pray for the sick. Go pray for the sick. Go pray for the sick. This may be time. You may be the next John Gilly. Go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to get sick. Don't live in fear. If you want to wear a mask to do that, go ahead and do it. 
get all the protection you need, but begin to walk by faith. God is going to open up tremendous opportunity because He said, you're the light that is on the hill. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. The devil tried to hide the churches. Some people even advocated, this is perfect, you know, Christian can be hidden. No, there's no such thing. They misquote the Bible about hidden in Christ. It's, it's totally misquoting the Bible. This is a time to manifest your faith everywhere. Whether you're at home or here today, I pray that faith will arise. Would you please stand with me this morning?